All right, good morning. Welcome to the folks that have joined us. Glad you uh, got past the whole clock change of the day. You know, that's tripped me up twice now. Uh, I, so I woke up early because I wanted to have a moment to, you know, kind of drink some coffee and wake up and put on a shower and a little study time to get here. And so I, I left the hotel and I got in my car and I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh man! And then I realized, like, I already knew that, you know? And so then we did our morning service there and I just checked my watch to see how I did for time. And I did it again! I looked at the watch and I'm like, ah, okay, all right, I guess it's one of those. You, you remember it wasn't that long ago that we actually had to be mindful of the clock change and like change our clocks and all that. And now our cell phones and half the things we have, more than half, just update themselves now. And it's like, oh, man, I just jumbled myself twice. But I'm glad you folks were able to make it out. Uh, you know, we got a Sunday morning here. There's no better place to be than church. And so um, we're going to open up the book of Joshua. Um, I'll give you a second to do that. And then uh, I think it would be best to go to the Lord uh, in prayer before we uh, get started. All right, let's go to the Lord. Dear Lord, we're thankful be, to be here this morning, Lord. I thank you for those folks that uh, came out and uh, pray that they'd hear from you, Lord. Um, uh, I'm just a, a man that stands before him. I'm just a sinner, and, uh, and I'm not equipped, Lord, to, uh, to teach your word, Lord, but, uh, but you are, Lord, in your righteousness, and uh, I pray that you bless it, Lord. I, I pray that you'd minister to him. I, I pray that you'd help him, that you'd strengthen him, that you'd encourage him. And I uh, pray that they could leave here uh, having uh, heard something from you, Lord. And uh, we just thank you again for this opportunity. And, uh, and I pray that you'd be with my heart, my mind, my mouth. And uh, that uh, you'd control me, Lord, because uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not equipped on my own, Lord. And so I just thank you for the opportunity to stand here. And I pray that you'd be with us now and that you bless your word, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. So... Um, I was talking to the folks earlier today, and so to try to explain myself here. So what I, 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 I prayed about what to put together here, and, uh, and you know, through prayer and, and meditation and thinking about it, you know, I got, I got one day, three messages to give you folks, and, and you got a, and a phenomenal uh, pastor here. And so I'm not going to show up in here and try to throw a bunch of, you know, secret doctrines or or little tidbits or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll let your pastor uh, um, um, minister to you in that way as you go through the book, you know, and just one, we, we really don't have the, the time to, to really go too far deep, but what I'd like to do, or, or what we've started here, is to show a progression through, we got three messages, and what I'd like to do is focus on the Christian life, right, and so we looked at Paul this morning, or Saul this morning in Acts 9, uh, we had a man uh, that, 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 was, that received a calling from God, right? Lord, the Lord manifested himself to Saul. Saul was saved, right? And with that brought a change in direction, right? He, he put his, his uh, objectives, his, his goals down and accepted the Lord's, and that brought a change of identity. And with that, it brought uh, uh, his desire to share that with other people, right? He straightway went out to preach that, uh, that Christ is the Son of God, right? So now what I'd like to take a look at is keying on that change, right? 
Um, so some changes were made, right? It was a change of direction and there was a change of identity. So what I'd like to focus on a little bit more here is that change, right? Now, as we get saved and the Lord kind of molds and shapes us, right? Uh, when we face these battles, right? Because who are we battling against? In those moments, I, I know we talk about the world, the flesh, and the devil being our, our, our enemies, right? But our biggest enemy is ourself, right? And so as the Lord molds and changes us, as we're, as we're going through those personal changes, those changes can be much like a battle, okay? And so we'll have some things that will fall off rather easily, you know, and then we'll have some things that are standing like a great wall between us and the Lord, right? Well, that's not what we want. We want to get as close as we can to the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I'd like to talk about is keying on, on that change, right? And what we're going to have in our passage here is this wall that is standing between um, the people and what the, 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 what the Lord would have them to have, the domain that the Lord would have them to have, right? And so what I want to draw from is not just how this wall comes down, but what was required, right, of the people for that to happen, okay? So we're going to just kind of go through the passage real quick, and then we'll come back around to, uh, to get a little more specific. So in verse 1, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall encompass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, said unto them Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear the seven trumpets or ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto the people, Pass on, encompass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and, the blue, and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests and blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark and the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord encompassed the city, going about it, once until they came around into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and seven priests bearing seven trumpets of the ram's horns, uh, before the ark of the Lord went on continually, continually, and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned into the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, encompassed the city after the same manner seven times, 
only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. To the Lord only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the uh, accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people had heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, and with the edge of the sword. Okay, so we have this wall, right? We have this thing that's standing between the people and what the Lord would have them to have, right? He, this, is a, this is a new domain, right? This is what the Lord would have them to have, right? And, and the, but this wall is standing in the way, okay? So now... Here's the first thing I want to look at, right? Because the Lord is speaking, right? And so we have Joshua listening, right? So in verse 2 it said, And the Lord said unto Joshua, right, Lord speaking, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, he's given him some assurance, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, right? And then over in verse 6 and 7, said, and Joshua now, And Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests, and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let and let seven priests bear the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said unto all the people, Pass on and compass the city, and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. Now, pretty simple, right? In verse 2, the Lord speaking. In verse 6 and 7, now Joshua is passing that on, right? Reminds me of the preacher, okay? Uh, or say myself, I guess, in this moment, right? What am I really doing here? Um, I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is showing you what the Lord showed me, right? That's really all the more preaching is, right? Now, a pastor is a very different role, okay? But as the preacher, we see with Joshua, the Lord says something to him. Joshua takes that very thing, and he comes over here, and he shares it with them, right? Or for me, with you guys, okay? Everything we're going to talk about today is something that's going to be an ongoing thing through our lives. And I am not floating up here. I'm. This is going to be the same battle for me until the Lord calls me home, that it's going to be for you. So as we go through this, I'm probably going to make it sound simple, right? But it's not simple. It's not simple. This is a battle that we're going to incur uh, often, you know. So anyway, so, but in order to get started, right, the, the Lord is speaking to Joshua, and Joshua is listening, right? We know that he's listening, right, because he's going to turn around and share, you know, this with others, you know, obviously it wasn't just words being said, but he was, he was focused on what the Lord had to say to him, okay? And so now you as the individual, right, are you listening to the Lord when he speaks to you, right? And I believe wholeheartedly that when the Lord speaks to us, we know it, right? So here's the thing. This wall needed to come down, right? And by, by, by wall, I mean this thing that's standing between the Lord and his people, Right? And so the walls that we're going to face in our life, right, spiritually, spiritual application here, 
uh, is going to stand between us and him, right? If we want to draw closer to the Lord, right, the, the God of all creation that can provide any and all things, the creator of all things, right, we want to get closer to him. But the problem is sometimes that there's walls that stand in our path, right? And so now here's the thing. Uh, 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 his direction, right? With the willingness to take his direction, right? When the uh, Well, here, let's jump back in the passage. Verse 3, right? And ye shall compass the city. This is the Lord's direction. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Okay, so here's the thing. When the Lord speaks, right, he doesn't beat around the bush, right? He's very direct. He's very specific, okay? There's no ifs, maybes, probablys when the Lord is speaking, right? And, and, and I say this because when the Lord shows me something, when the Lord shows me a wall, um, and let's say that, that, that I ignore it, right? And then I go ahead and do or think or act or say or whatever that is. I know, I know that I just messed that up, right? This wall, I, I know it, right? The Lord is very direct. You'll know, okay? And so also I want you to take note that, um, that this wasn't Joshua's plan, right? Joshua knows that they crossed the Jordan, uh, a couple chapters back there, they crossed the Jordan, and he knows that there's an inheritance to be had because Joshua's been following the Lord a long time. He's been seeking the Lord a long time. He was standing next to Moses when they went up the, the mount to get those commandments, right? Now, he was kind of left behind, but he, 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 went, he went most of the way up there with him, right? Joshua's been seeking the Lord for a long time. But with that in mind... This isn't Joshua's plan, okay? Man could not make this plan, right? I mean, man's not just going to be like, you know, we're going to compass the city like this, right? Man would not make this plan any more than man would make this book, right? And I think that, that, that we need to stand firm on that as, as Bible believers that, that, the, that, that this plan, right, uh, how could man make this plan, you know? Man can't go beyond his own reasoning. You know, sure, we could dream and we can, we can fantasize about all the things that we're capable of. And, you know, in my heyday, I could bench press a 1,000 pounds. That's not real, right? Nobody believes that, you know what I mean? And in and, and man's way, right, we're not going to believe that we're going to go march around the city and knock down this wall like this, right? And in the same sense, man would not write this book. Man can't come up with this. Man would glorify himself. He would not glorify God if it were up to him. He would glorify himself. He wouldn't speak against every avenue of human nature if man wrote this book, right? So now the Lord tells Joshua what to do because this thing's going to go through, right? The Lord's telling Joshua what he's going to do. This isn't about Joshua's plan, right? This is what the Lord was going to do. The Lord was going to knock down these walls, right? 
So, and now here's the thing, right? Now we're talking about the, war, the, the, the walls in our life, right? We're talking about the things that stand between us and the Lord. And the thing is, is I think it's easy for a Christian, right? Especially a baby Christian, but a Christian in general to put a bunch of pressure on yourself and to go out there and try to right every wrong, correct every fault, right? Because nobody knows you like you do, right? But here's the thing. This wasn't Joshua's plan. This was the Lord's plan, right? And so when you consider those things, right, as we talk about this, the critical piece is that you recognize that this is the Lord taking down the wall, right? And it's not about you putting a bunch of pressure on yourself to take down walls for yourself, okay? The whole thing is, is that if you try to do that, you're going to recognize all these different things and you're bound to, to go from one ditch to the other and go ahead and burn yourself out, okay? Um, here we are seeing the Lord's plan, right? It's not Joshua's plan. It's not my plan. It's not your plan, your plan, your plan, your plan. It's none of our plan, right? This is the Lord's plan we're talking about here. And the lesson there is that you need to listen for the Lord's direction to take down the walls in your life beyond your own plan of action, right? Beyond what you think, right? When the Lord shows you, you'll know the Lord showed you. When you're just putting pressure on yourself, you'll be able to tell the difference, okay? We need to separate ourselves between what we think and what the Lord has shown us, okay? Two different things. Now, pick back up in eight, verse 8 here, and this is going to go for a minute, but it's important. And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed down before the Lord and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark, and the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout. Then shall ye shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about it once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day, when they compassed the city once and returned into the camp, so they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they arose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. Now, here's the thing. This plan makes no sense. Right? No sense. Not an inkling of sense, is there? Right? But there's two things I want to take away from this. Is Number one, this was the Lord's plan, right? And so it's a good plan, whether it makes sense to us or not. It's a good plan because it's the Lord's plan. And number two, while we're talking about taking down walls, right, it took time, did it not? Did it not take multiple days of, like, going to do this thing, right? Before, before, the, before the, the taking down happened, right? It takes some time, okay? 
Now, let's try to apply this to something else, right? Just to, from a practical perspective of what's going on here. So, let's say you're trying to buy a house, right? I just moved last year, right? So, you're trying to buy a house. You go check out this new house. You like it. You know, um, you feel like you've sought the Lord many times. Everything feels very comforting about it. Sometimes you go to a house and you walk in, you're like, nope, you know. But you go to this house, it's very comforting. You know, uh, uh, the Lord's lined up your finances. Uh, the location makes sense. It all makes sense, you know. You feel good about it. So what do you do? So you go out to the yard, and I got a wife. I got three kids. I'm like, look, what we're going to do is we're going to march around this house all week this week, and on the last day, we're going to do it a little bit more, and you're going to play some instruments, and I'm going to say, praise the Lord, and the homeowner's going to come out and give me the keys, right? No. No. If we do that, the homeowner is going to call the police on the fruitcake that's been stalking them all week, right? So here's the thing. So we, we can't apply it practically, right? So we have to make a spiritual application, and instead of applying this to a piece of property, I want to apply this to the strongholds that we hold on to, right? Those walls that are standing between us and the Lord, right? Because in either sense here, in the practical or spiritual application, the trust has to be on the Lord to take these walls down, okay? Now, there's obedience is going to come up here in a second, but in terms of the discovery of these walls and the taking down of these walls, right, it's, it's, it's going to be on the Lord to knock down these walls. But here's the thing. Flip over to 1 Corinthians real quick. First Corinthians chapter 10. When the Lord shows you the, 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 the walls in your life, those things, and they could be any number of things. There's sins of the flesh, sure, but there's sins of the spirit that seem to occur more often uh, when you've when you've when you've been around a minute or two and kind of cleaned up some things, you know. But but sins of the spirit trouble us all, right? Um, but but here's the thing: First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen: There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, right? Not us, right? God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it, okay? So here's the thing. There are, there are sins of the flesh that are all over the place. As soon as we get out here for the afternoon, they're going to pop up all over the place, right? Because the, the world bathes itself in it, right? Especially in today's world in the way that everybody's connected, in the way they want to sell you all these inappropriate things. You know, it, it's all over the place, right? But there is still those, those sins of the spirit, right, that, that, that we tend to have to deal with, and those can be envy, they can be bitterness, they can be all these different things, right? But even when you're talking about envy and whatnot, there is a way to escape. You know what that way to escape is? When you're, when you're looking at something, you know, I like Corvettes. I don't own one, okay? I don't own a Corvette, but one passes by, I'm like, man, that, that thing looks cool, you know? Especially the newer models that have the mid-engine, you know, it's like a, it's like a, oh, forgive me, this is, it's like a poor man's Lamborghini, right? 
you're not a poor man to afford one, but you know, there's a there's a major price difference there. But okay, I could I could focus on that. Or my way to escape could be to look back and be like, man, the Lord has blessed me. I have a nice car. I have a reliable car, right? Sure, it's not that Corvette, but it doesn't need to be. As a matter of fact, you can't drive that Corvette in the wintertime, so I'm better off anyway, right? There is a way to escape, right? It's just, are you recognizing it, okay? And so here's the thing. When the Lord has asked you to make a change, are you willing to heed that change, right? Will you find his way to escape, right? Will you recognize, hey, man, you are doing pretty good. You don't need that thing, right? Will you accept his plan, right? Will you trust his plan, okay? And then, so here's obedience, right? Because obedience is the key, right? Now, Joshua here, right? Joshua's been given this plan. This plan makes no sense, right? But Joshua, what did Joshua not say? Lord, this doesn't make any sense. He didn't argue, right? He didn't say, Lord, this plan isn't going to work. Right? Because that's, I mean, isn't that what we think, right? I mean, it's not going to work, right? If, a, if you were to go march around a wall, right, and, and blow a trumpet and yell a little bit, do you really expect that wall to fall down? Of course not, right? I mean, it's, it's a rhetorical question, right? Of course not. What sense does that make? But, hold on now, if the Lord met with you like he met with Joshua, it was like, hey, man, I'm going to knock on that wall. I just need you to go do this thing. Would you do it? Would you try it? I mean, yeah, of course, right? Of course. Well, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't, because I'm willing to bet that there's walls right now that we haven't been willing to knock down. And that's the thing of it, right? Maybe this wall is something you want to hold on to. Maybe it's personal. Maybe it doesn't affect anybody else, right? And so those are the walls that are the biggest challenge. Those are the walls that I have to deal with. Those are the walls that you have to deal with, right? And in perfection, we talked about this morning, is not sinlessness, okay? Now, I'm going to call the baby ugly and say that we are neither perfect nor sinless, okay? The Bible's concept of perfection is a really good man but they are still not sinless, right? Our idea of perfection is sinless, okay? Those aren't the same things, not according to the Bible. Now, here's the thing. There's going to be some walls that we hold on to that the Lord has told us to knock down, and we don't understand why it matters, right? Why does it matter if it's not affecting anybody else? Those are the trouble ones, right? And we all have them. And it could be simple, right? It could be, it could be really simple. Uh, it could be the music you listen to in your car while you're alone and nobody else is there. Now, forgive me. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Uh, I grew up a 90s kid, right? And I did not grow up in a Christian home by any stretch of the world. And in the 90s, all of us teenagers were a bunch of little gangster kids, Okay? Or so we thought. We believed ourselves to be, right? And so therefore, I sort of grew up on rap music, right? Now, rap music is terrible, okay? And so that's a wall that had to come down in my life. And fortunately, that wall came down pretty easily. But every now and again, I have to remind myself, you know, for nostalgia's sake. I'm sure you have something that's very similar, whatever was 
whatever was the it music when you grew up, you know, every now and again you turn it on, you remember that. And when I do that, I, I swear to you, the Lord gives me like my, like my skin literally starts like to zing, right? Like I can feel my flesh enjoying it. And I'm like, oh, wow. That, nope, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. This is obviously bad. And I'm not saying that he's like working this miracle or sign like I'm a Jew or something. But I am saying that like I can literally feel my, my flesh. And it's like, yeah, this is not what I need. This is me tuning into the wrong thing, right? To the wrong thing. It's vile. They talk about things. I have a wife. I love her very much, right? I have kids, right? Uh, appreciating my house, my home, my Lord, all this stuff, right? That is not what rap music talks about. So guess what? I don't need to be focused on that. That is garbage, right? It's only going to lead me the wrong direction. I want to be looking at the Lord, not like running away from him, okay? And so sometimes it's just the music in your car, right? But it's not affecting anybody else. If I'm riding alone in my car, how does that affect you? You know what I mean? It doesn't, right? And so let's say, right, now that fell off easily for me. But let's say it doesn't for you. Let's say there's something else. Let's say it's just, it's personal. It's just you and the Lord in those moments, right? Why does this matter? Okay, now I want you to flip over to Hebrews real quick. This is an interesting little thing. Hebrews chapter 13. In verse 2, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. What an interesting passage, right? Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird to think that there's more going on than we can see? Because we believe ourselves to know what's happening right here in this room. I didn't look it up. Um, if you remember right, there was two guys going in the, in the battle. Elisha was one of them. And the other guy, was he was freaked out because uh, they were way outrun. And Elisha prayed and uh, asked the Lord to open up his eyes so he could see. And there was like 10,000 angels or something right there with him, right? And they, they won that battle. But that guy couldn't see that. Well, the thing is, that's all around us right now, right? I almost wonder if that's where the saying, there's more than meets the eye. I wonder if that's where that saying came from. I mean, I know we recognize that in sales pitches, and, and that's the, the fact of the matter. There's some small print somewhere that's going to get you. They're not just giving away all this stuff, right? There's always something right there. But I just wonder if that's where it comes from. Because even in the moments that we think we're alone, we're not. Nope. We are not. And so now, is it possible that not only, I mean, obviously if the angels see this thing, right, that the Lord knows more than you do, right? So here's the thing. So I picture myself, when I think about everything I just said, I picture myself turning on the radio, right? And this is a light thing, but there are many things that could be represented by this, right? I turn it on the radio, and I start jamming out, and I picture, as I go through this, an angel sitting right there in the back, uh, back seat, like, hey, Lord, this is your guy, is it? This is your preacher? Right? What an embarrassment I am, 
right? Now this isn't about me achieving sinless perfection, right? But this is about how I represent the Lord, even when it's just me, okay? That actually, we can't move on. That's your character. That is your character. Who you are when you're alone and nobody knows, that's who you are. Now, verse 20, back in Joshua. So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. Now, whose victory was this? This is the Lord's victory, right? Because none of it made any sense, right? Clearly, this is the Lord's victory, right? God gave the orders. Joshua did uh, what he was told, right? And God gave the victory, right? Simple, right? Not really, right? So let's look at it a little bit deeper, right? Because none of it made any sense, okay? So here's what we need to understand, right? God pointed out this wall, okay? Joshua did not, okay? God told them what to do. Joshua did not, right? Joshua just simply did what he knew to do. He did what God told him to do, right? It wasn't more. It wasn't less. It was simply obeying what he knew to do, okay? Um, so what... What needs to be said is that as we talk about this, right, we're talking about the walls that stand between us and the Lord, right, and there could be many of them, right, but we're only talking about the Lord's only looking at this one wall right here as it relates to this dominion that he would have them to have, okay? So I'm not encouraging you to go out there today and start beating yourself up about all the faults and sins and imperfections you have, okay, because this isn't about you right? It's in terms of your plan of what you should be, right? We are saved. We are freed from the law. We have everything to rejoice about. And out of that love, we should be trying to be who the Lord would have us to be. But we have to remember that who we're trying to be is who the Lord would have us to be and not our idea of what that is, okay? There's a difference there, all right? So, now, the question here is, are you listening when the Lord tells you to do those things, right? Or what to do, what not to do. And I believe wholeheartedly that I'm on the same level as every human in existence, and that is that when the Lord shows me something, I'm aware. And when I mess that up, I'm also aware, right? There's no ifs about it. It's very clear, okay? So, now, are you willing to, right? Are you willing to let him bring that victory in your life, right? Now, are you also willing to let it take time if so need be? Because some, some of these walls have a stronger grip on us than others. And with Joshua, this was a great wall strand, standing before them, and it took them, took them some time, right? Not, not necessarily multiple attempts, but there was some buildup involved, right? They were well aware of, of the full encompassment of this wall by the time it came down. They were very familiar with the issue, okay? Now, in our passage, we're talking about this physical wall, right? 
And so, but we are taking this to like our own uh, spiritual uh, issues blocking our, our prayers, our fellowship with Jesus Christ, right? And so here's the thing. God took down the wall, right? Now we need to recognize as we talk about this, this is for our benefit, right? Because God took down the wall, but they benefit, right? It says that God took down the wall and they took the city, okay? So now what happens? When they take down the city, right, their domain just got bigger, right? Who, uh, you know, they're, they're crossing in, right? They cross the Jordan, they face Jericho, and up until this point, all they have is what would it, whatever was between the Jordan and Jericho. And now they have more domain. Now they've just grown. They've just gotten, they've just acquired more of what the Lord would have them to have, right, by allowing the Lord to knock down this wall, right? So it was to their benefit. Did the Lord benefit from gaining Jericho? No. No. Of course not, right? And so here's the thing. I am, am I'm not telling you, I told you not to beat yourself up, right? I am not telling you to go beat yourself up because the rebel in you could be like, yeah, but you want me to give up all these things. I enjoy my flashback in time when I turn out the right. Maybe you do, okay? That's, it's not between me and you. It's got nothing to do with me, right? I have my own battles. You have your own battles. I'm not telling you what to do, right? I'm not, that's not what this is about, right? It's just the whole thing that when the Lord shows you a wall, are you willing to address it, right? And do not try to make your list of faults God's list of faults, right? Because God might not be pressing you for something that you, that you think needs to be changed today, okay? God's been very long-suffering with me. I had a whole lot more problems than the music I listened to in my car, right? And I still do, okay? But he doesn't, like, swarm me with all my, pro you know, my, my sin, my faults, all this stuff, right? So here, here's the thing. Look at Romans real quick, Romans chapter 6, because there's something I want you to understand about these walls, about the sin that we deal with, okay? That we all deal with it. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, right? Because we're, we're a bunch of saved people, right? We are saved people. We have to understand something. And I mean really understand something, okay? Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. The Lord has given you dominion over all things. You have a strength that you did not have before, right? When you're feeling weak, you have a Lord to go to. He's giving you an escape. Maybe you haven't figured out that escape yet. Maybe that'll just be part of your pacing around the wall. Like, okay, well, how do I fill this void? What is there for me? Lord, what do I do, right? But I'm just saying that you have the dominion, right? You don't have to be um, like the lost people out there. But we want to reach those people. I'm not trying to sound like we're better, okay? I mean, we have the Lord. That's better. But it's him that's better, not us, right? And so, but we have that strength. We have the strength of everything, right? The Lord is everything. He's the creator of all things, right? And he has given dominion over all these things, right? And so if he's giving you the plan, if he's directing you, it's some of those things, it's not really going to be that big of a deal. Now, there's different roles that we face, and I'm not saying that, right? But 
One man plants, another man waters, God gives the increase, right? Now that's talking about witnessing, but I'm just, I just want to focus back on that. God gives the increase, okay? Be it whatever you're talking about. Now, as you face the concept of change, right, uh, it, it, it makes you feel pressured, right? Like, so I, I run businesses, and if I try to make a change, the staff freaks out. Even if it's a good change, even if it's like, it's like, no, like, look, smarter, not harder. Like, look, let me show you, right? They still are like, oh, I don't know, you know? And so I'm not trying to do that to you here today. It has nothing to do with me, right? We're just talking about we're making a spiritual application to the Lord taking down these walls for, of Jericho to give Israel more than they had before, right? And that's all we're talking about is, is gaining more than you had before with your fellowship with Jesus Christ, right? And so here's the thing. How do you do that? Well, the Lord will show you what needs to change, right? And you just need to follow that, right? It's just you wake up in the morning, it's one foot in front of the other of doing what he's already told you to do. This isn't waking up and coming up with your own plan. This is just waking up, you already know, right? How, much, how, much, how many times a day do we mess up things we already know? Every day, right? You don't need anything new, okay? I don't need to tell you anything new. You're just keeping the fight alive, though, right? And if you mess that up, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, I know, I'm sorry, right? Because that fellowship is what you need. It's what you want, right? We're supposed to live in light of the judgment seat of Christ. We're supposed to be living like the Lord is going to come back right now, right? And if he comes back right now before we make it home, like, we want to be in a good terms, right? Like, we want him to be happy to see us, right? So... Not only are we uh, trying to do what, what, what he'd have us to do, right, and to obey those things that he's shown us, but when we mess up, let's just plan on messing up, right? We need to, we need to go ahead and, Lord, I'm, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? True repentance means that you are sorry and that you're going to give effort to not do it again, okay? Doesn't mean you won't do it again, right? So here's the thing. We need to listen when he speaks, right? We need to follow his leading, right? We need to put it in his hands through prayer, right? We need to let him give us the victory, okay? This isn't about us being like, yep, gave up my music. Bet you wish you could do that. I'm better than you. I did that. You know what I mean? It's not about that. It's got nothing to do with any of that. It's not about us. Nothing is about us. But what a joy and a privilege it is to live with the Lord Jesus Christ. My life is better now than it used to be. I am comforted better than I used to be. I have love in my life. I have hope. I have all these things that I didn't necessarily have when I was a lost person just tuned into the world. And especially, praise God, I got saved before COVID because that started this, like, train wreck of you're going to die today, you know? And if it's not that, it's murder hornets, and it's all these different things. Now it's, it's, it's always going to be there, right? But the Lord Jesus Christ gives us a, a certain comfort, a certain stability that doesn't exist out there, okay? But if you want to grow, you want to get better, you, wanna, you want that relationship to be firmer and firmer and firmer, that your fellowship is just rock solid. Well, with that is going to come the Lord saying, hey, what about that? It's going to happen, okay? And, and when he points that out, he's already got a plan for it, right? He'll let you compass around it a little bit, you know, but he wants to take that wall down, 
he wants to take that part. Okay. Now, so far today, we've kind of looked at some heavy stuff. This morning was kind of easy because here's the thing. Salvation is free. But if you're going to be a disciple, it's going to cost you something. And so we just moved into changing who we thought we want to be, who we believe ourselves to want to be, right, to becoming who he would have us to be, right? But the Lord said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So don't those things kind of contradict a little bit? Well, no, not really. The problem is that the word change creates that uncertainty that I talked about, right? I assure you that when you're not out causing trouble uh, in one way, shape, or form, you sleep a lot better at night, you know? You don't have to uh, think of, like, oh, I did this or I did that. And, you know, I'd, I've, I've never been much of a liar, even as a lost man, but I would assume that liars have to, like, take notes of all the stuff that they said so they can keep up with it, you know, because, like, isn't it so much better to just go to sleep at night, right? And that's a, that's a blessing from the Lord Jesus Christ. So that, that, all that change, right, the, the, the pressure change, the, you need to fix this. I'm not giving you any lists, right? That is not what I'm preaching here today, right? Uh, all I'm talking about is, is, is being obedient to what he's shown you. And as you, as you get by those things, do not give up the ground that he's already given you, okay? I am thankful that every time I decide to be like, oh, I should turn the radio on, that the Lord's like, zing, and I'm like, nope, nope, I need to turn the radio right back off. Because if it's making my flesh feel like that, it's got to be a bad thing. And then I assure you that that doesn't happen often because I'm, that's not where I need to be mentally. I need to be loving the Lord. I need to be tuned into some church music. I love congregations. I wish there was a congregational radio station. The problem is there's not. So occasionally I'll be driving down the street and I, and I turn into an idiot for like 30 seconds, maybe a couple times a year, right? So anyway, so here's the thing. Don't give up that ground though, right? That ground is going to take you back to a dirty place, okay? Now, we can make a parallel, okay, with Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel, what was the difference there? They both did some work. They both made a sacrifice to the Lord. Cain worked really hard on those fruits and vegetables, okay? You could go out and you could create your own list of all this stuff that you're going to fix about yourself to please the Lord, right? But that didn't please the Lord, right? Cain's, Cain's uh, sacrifice was rejected. So it's like, well, how could that be? He put a lot of time and effort into that, right? Well, here's the thing. He didn't give God what God asked for. Abel did. Now, sure, you could be like, well, I mean, Abel already was the, you know, he was the shepherd, and that was easy for him, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, was it? Was it? You can create fruit and vegetables a whole lot quicker, more bountifully than you can the animals, right? And so really, really, Cain kind of had the easier route in that. You know, he would have had to go to his brother, you know, whatever drama they had, you know, get through it to get what God asked for. Sure, but that's a whole different message. But what I am talking about is that one of them gave God what he asked for. The other one gave God what he wanted to give God. Okay? Now, as the Lord 
points out these walls in your life, right? Are you going to be willing to, to follow him to however they're going to come down, right? For the music thing, I actually have a music band. Um, I don't know if I should talk about it in the pulpit or whatnot, but I listen to church music. I tune into preachers and whatnot. The Lord has given me that escape. Um, for a while, I had an hour-plus commute in the car. That's a lot of time to sit in silence, okay? The Lord has given me an escape, right? I can turn into, uh, tune into some, some good quality listening in my ears. So I'm just saying, will you let him take it down, or will you be the one to hold that wall up, right? Because those are the options. There's a wall. I want it to come down. Are you going to stand there and be like, but I want it, Lord. It's not affecting anybody else. I want it. Are you going to do that? Are you going to stand there and be like, what about this wall and this wall and this wall and this wall and this wall? I'll take care of all those. But I want this one, Lord. Where are you going to be? Let's close the word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to gather here this morning. I thank you for these folks. And uh, I pray that you'd help us all, Lord, myself included, Lord. We face these battles. As we live our lives, none of us, we're, we're just a bunch of sinners, Lord. We're a mess. And um, I'm thankful that you've given us your word, that you've given us these examples. And I pray that as we're out there and you show us these things, Lord, and in, in the ways that you do, Lord, I, I pray that we would remember this, that we'd hold on to this, that we'd, we'd seek that way of escape when we need to, Lord, and we'd trust you to take these walls down uh, when you'd have us to, Lord. And, uh, I just pray that we'd spend our day focused on you, Lord. I, I pray that you'd call us out of here soon. I look forward to seeing you, Lord, and to living in a time that I won't let you down anymore, Lord. And uh, But while we're still here, Lord, I just I just pray for your strengthening. I pray for your direction. I I trust in you to uh, to lead and guide me and to, uh, to strengthen me, Lord, and to destroy the things that block the, me and you, Lord, our fellowship, Lord. I, I, don't, I don't want there to be stuff between us, Lord. And, uh, I just thank you again for this time to gather here, and, uh, and uh, I thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen.